Welcome to The Tap, hosted by LSB Studios, a monthly podcast centred around creativity. Our next guest up is Basma Khalifa. Basma is a writer, presenter, stylist, documentary maker and one of Women for Women's new global ambassadors. We feel she's one of the many leading the way on identity and inclusion within the creative industries. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, so Basma, you are a filmmaker, stylist, art director and writer. How? (laughs) How? Anyway, look, before we get into that, let's have a little brief introduction of you. Like, let's have a little chat to how you got to where you are now. Oh gosh, that's not even a short introduction. Um, So I am Irish. I grew up in Northern Ireland. I went to university in Scotland. I studied fashion business. So primarily graduated from a business uh, school. I moved to New York and did fashion PR in New York. How was that? How was it? Mental. (laughs) Mental. So I was only meant to go there for, um, we had to do internships as part of our um, degree. And everyone else did like two weeks of you know, two days a week. And I was like, well, I want to go to New York. And yeah. she's like, we don't facilitate that. And I was like, I'll facilitate it. I'll do it myself. So I literally, I yeah, from yeah, the beginning. I was, and now in hindsight, <laughs> kind of mental that I did that. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, yeah, I want to move to New York for the summer. And they were like, okay. Um, so I worked nonstop. I did, uh, whew, I did three jobs over like while I was studying at university to save for it. Cause I was like, if I'm going to do this, it's not my parents' problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I moved to New York and did fashion PR and I worked with Jeremy Scott, Mara Hoffman. I worked at People's Revolution, which at the time was also on an MTV show. So it had a little different like glitch to it. So I ended up being on MTV for a little bit. Uh, I didn't want to go back to university and my parents were like, you get your ass back. You're African parents. They're like, get your ass back. You're yeah, yeah. you're gonna yeah, be stu- yeah. you're gonna nice finish idea. that degree. Yeah. <laughs> so I came back and I finished the basic degree and then I moved back to New York again and decided that PR was not for me. Okay. I just okay. didn't. No. Yeah, you know, when you're just like, I don't vibe with this enough to do it for life. Yeah. Yes, yes, uh, yes. So I just uh, came back to London and decided I would try and be people PR, so representing people. Also kind of hated it. I think that I inherently am a little bit too selfish to do people PR or okay. PR in general. Yeah, Because yeah. it involves you promoting someone else's work. That's what PR is. Mm. And I just couldn't fathom why I wouldn't promote my own. I just was like, I don't understand. Why would I spend a whole, <laughs> spend all this time making other people's dreams come true? Yeah, I don't get I it. Hear you. Hear so you, I, just, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah. So I didn't do it. So then I went into fashion styling and I just did loads of, loads of different brands and um, internships. Eventually I went freelance and then when I went freelance, I was like, you know what? I I can't be a stylist forever. I love styling, but it just wasn't for me to yeah, do okay. forever. Mm-hmm. I had I felt like I had more to say and more to do. Yeah. yeah. Did you when you're going through the motions of going, you know, the PR and stuff like that, did the styling did it just feel right? And you're like actually Yeah, you styling know, but... felt like the most creative thing I could do. Okay. Um and it felt very natural. And it felt like a very much of a purpose, but it didn't feel, I realized, so my yearbook at high school was, um, when we were leaving in sixth year, was most likely to be a Blue Peter presenter. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. accolades. Yeah, boom, so yeah. I always had that kind of like, I want to tell stories and I want to front stuff and I want to be the face of stuff. But when I went freelance, I sort of, everyone was like, you should do this morning. You should talk on those kind of shows. But I never wanted to, I always said I would never do TV unless I had a voice and okay. the voice was important. And I didn't know what my voice was. So I was like, instead of doing that, I would I would um, wait, figure out what my voice is. Yeah. And after I figure out what my voice is, then I will do it. 
So I took time. I spent two, three years just figuring out who I was, my identity. That little mm. learning curve yeah. is so yeah, important, just meeting it? new yeah. people, going to new events, surrounding myself in different environments and just figuring out who Besame is. Yeah. yeah. So I did that for about two or three years. And then I was like, I want to be a storyteller. Yeah, yeah. I want to tell stories. So that's kind of how it all started. And, you know, I have a documentary now that's on BBC Three, which is amazing. And also with that, I... Gosh, I've been on BBC News, ITV, Channel 5, Channel 4. I've done quite a bit, but I'd have to say, you know, I started very humbly recording vlogs on my iPhone. And just vlogging. Yeah, Yeah, so I vlogged, I interviewed people that were in the fashion industry um, to start off with, and then I did a travel vlog in Sudan. Was it easy to set that up? Because I know in this current climate and with creativity that you can just start off on a phone. Oh, yeah. Was it? Yeah, it's so easy. Yeah, like it's you just, just get your iPhone. The phones are so good these days. Get your iPhone. Mm. That's all I did. And best be known, I would record an hour ch- chatting to people and then accidentally delete it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, so it's gone. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to start again. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, like, you know, it wasn't super easy, but the whole point is to learn. I definitely learned, you know, interviewing tips and ideas of how to interview different personalities, which in turn helped me when I started shooting a documentary. So yeah, I just And where's where are your inspirations oh. coming from to do to do these kind of these things? Interesting question. I don't think that I necessarily have like a set inspiration. I think that the age of social media and the what we live in now, the more I was like seeing stuff and watching stories untold that were within my environment mm. and I sort of just felt like these stories aren't being told or if they're being told, they're being told by someone who doesn't know the environment. Sure. So I was watching loads of documentaries and I obviously won't say names. I was watching mm. loads of documentaries and thinking, why are you telling that story? Yeah. Why yes, am I yeah, not telling yeah, that story? Because yeah. they're my people. Yeah. Like, sure. let me tell the story. So that's kind of how it started. That kind of kind of became my inspiration, actually. Wrong, not wrongdoings, but things that I thought could have been done better. Sure. Sort of became my inspiration. Okay. So, all, right, yeah. all right. And this is like by your university kind of doing... So figuring out your career paths or like where you wanted to go. And... Yeah, I never put that much emphasis on like career. You have yeah. to have a career. I just was never, my parents, you know, were very, my dad's a doctor. My mom said to be an archaeologist. Like they were very reputable people, but I never, they never made that sort of like, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to yeah, be a lawyer. Yeah, you're going to be. Yeah. You got to go yeah. down this. No, they right, never, right. which is great because usually African parents are like that. Mm. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I'm very yeah. thankful too. Got yeah. in background. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never had the you will be the doctor yeah. type vibe, you know. They've yeah. always been really supportive. Yeah, which is nice. It's good in this day and age. They were always like, whatever you want to do. But a big part of leaving, not leaving styling, but a big part of thinking of something else to do was that I just felt like if I was going to make no money, then mm. I might as well do something that I really want to do. Yeah, sure. Well, it's always that thing, isn't it, with like creative industries and you kind of, you say like, oh, I want to go, I want to go be a creative. Right. Everyone kind of looks at you and goes, you can't do that. That's not Yeah, okay. what is that? What does that mean? Yeah, there's that word, the, the career word. And they're like, right. well, you can't do that as a as a job. Right. But I also <laughs> think from a business point of view, I was never going to dilly dally and just do mm. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always felt like I had to do things that I saw longevity in. Yeah. I think maybe that's why I was thinking of other things to do that weren't just styling. Cause I was like, I need a more stable environment and sure. actually TV eventually fingers crossed will be that. Oh, nice. Yeah. So like, what is creativity to you? I know you've mentioned storytelling and having that, you know, that experience in the PR and not deciding it's for you. But because I think it's quite a personal journey. Yeah. What is it for you being creative right now? Like what what, what journeys does it bring in the stories? I think the funny think? thing about being creative is in knowing yourself. 
I think that's what creative creativity is. It's who are you and what do you bring and what's your personality and why do you choose the clothes you wear and why do you wear that jewellery or wear that makeup or be who you are. Everyone makes a conscious decision without even knowing it. Everyone is creative because you have to yeah. have mm. some sort of creation to be a human being. So I don't think it's that deep. I yeah. think everyone yeah. actually yeah. is creative to yeah. a certain extent. They just yeah. don't think they are. It doesn't mean you have to draw something. You're not really taught yeah, it, course. are you? You're There's not taught it. The bottom of the GCSEs is, you know, art and all right. that yeah. kind of stuff and dance. You're not really... But from day one, you're taught the colours and how yeah. to put colours together. And I remember, I don't know if they still teach this in school, but you know when they tell you how to, you'd have to learn how to mix colours to make a new colour? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's... Primary, the, tertiary the prim- colours. That, that's, yeah, yeah. Prim- exactly. Yeah, all that that's stuff. what... When you're five, six, seven, so creativity is taught from a really young age. I think now in the digital age, it feels like people want it to be defined. Right, okay. So mm-hmm. you have to have a real kind of overarching thing. Or, right. Yeah. And I just don't think, I don't think it needs to be. I don't see, honestly, I don't see myself as a creative. Yeah. Like it's not something that I'm like, oh, that's, that's me. I just do. Yeah. I do what my purpose is mm-hmm. over my creative purpose in a sense. Uh, okay, fair enough. I mean, we've talked about how you got into this and stuff. I mean, it'd be nice to take up again and talk about the real meaty things. Because mm-hmm. I know that you're a real advocate for diversity within the creative industries. Yeah. I mean, how did you get involved? Is it when you discovered your voice? Like, let's talk a little bit about that. No, I think I always, the diversity thing was for me was so important because I just never saw myself in any space that I was in. And I knew I was, I knew I was there. I knew there was something felt a little bit off, but I never acknowledged it. I put my career above the need to say anything. Okay. Because if I would have gone in all guns blazing, they would be like, who's this intern? Who? Like, what's she? Like, who, 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 who hired who her? her? Who Do you know what I mean? Her? Like, who yeah. found this girl? <laughs> so I think I use diversity now I think diversity has a timing and a purpose. Okay. And I think I wouldn't have used diversity. I wouldn't have said I felt so passionate about it until I'd figured out what it meant to me. So when I was in these magazines or working at these companies, I didn't really look around and be like, I did. Of course, I was like, oh, no one looks like me here. But I didn't make it a thing. It wasn't yeah, a, yeah, because yeah. Di- it's in the back, back of your mind. Kinda. Right. And diversity wasn't a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Inclusion and diversity is a, it's like been like a two year journey in the yeah. UK. Like it's yeah, not yeah. really been a thing. <laughs> Suddenly everyone wants to be, di- that wasn't a thing. <laughs> so, you know, you know what I mean? So like 10 yeah. years ago, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't like, oh, we've got to be diverse. Where are all the black people? It was like, can you do this job? Can you run these errands? Cool. Yeah. If you can do it, whatever. Yeah. So... As I sort of left magazines, towards the end of my time of being at magazines, I started to feel quite insecure. Okay. And I started to see, you know, girls get certain jobs I wouldn't get or, Mm. you know, have luxuries that I wouldn't have or I couldn't ask my dad to take me to the Prada for the weekend. I couldn't go to the south of France for my dad's house. I couldn't, there's things I couldn't do that girls that were so much wealthier and better I guess have much more money than I do could do and I just was like this isn't my space yeah of course I don't want to feel like I ever feel like I don't have enough Mm. and I think that was the issue and I think that's where diversity for me it does it's not a black and white skin color thing it was I don't know how to fit in here but then also why am I trying to fit in to something that inherently is not me so it's almost like a gut feeling right yeah okay it's like this doesn't this isn't who I am like maybe it's about me finding out my tribe and finding the people that I'm meant to be around and figuring that out. And I couldn't do that until I was freelance because, you know, you become free as a freelancer. Yeah. yeah. And suddenly you think about what matters to you. Okay, so okay. 
those have been your past experiences. What about now when you're walking on set and you see the crews and is there, have you seen a change? No. No. Behind the scenes, no. Okay. Behind the, like I don't, uh, I very rarely do jobs and I see if it's maybe I'm the only black person or there'll maybe be one other, but they're never in a high ranking position mm. and they're never, there's never more. Actually, I did a shoot I did a shoot about three months ago. I went to New York and I worked on a shoot with Solange Knowles. Name drop. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. And I was actually, as much as Solange was amazing and whatever else, being in a room of completely black people yeah. mm. was so weird for me. I feel alien. Like, yeah, I was like, what here? is going on? Where? This is strange. And they were like, oh, this is New York. This is what happens. And I was like, wait, what? Like that, I've never been in a room with creatively except for one project that I'd worked on personally. Other than that, it's, you know, when the team was chosen by us in a big advertising space or a big commercial space. Yeah. No diversity hasn't changed behind the scenes. They just, they make sure that there's a black man, a black ma- woman, a black child, a yeah. mixed race yeah. child. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what they do. So it's front of, you know, front of the campaign. But behind the scenes, I don't think it's still not, It's it's tricky. It's not of concern to them because... They still get the job done. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, does it make a difference if you're black and behind the scenes? Would, you, would the job be done differently? I don't know, and I don't think so, and I don't think it needs to be. Just because you're white and I'm black doesn't mean we do the job differently. Yeah, of course. You should still do the job to the same ability. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's so tricky. we still got a little way to go. Is what you're saying? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Do you, something you look, you speak quite fondly of um, are communities. Yeah. And you kind of built your own digital community yeah would you say that there's there's authenticity in the digital world or what's your kind of i find the digital world so tricky Mm. it's a tricky place to navigate and i also think that you make it whatever you want to make it with the digital world whatever you whatever space you want to be in the end with my instagram when i sort of went freelance and after a couple of years of being freelance i just thought I spend so much time in this app and I really hate it. Like I hate <laughs> that I go on this app and it makes me feel really crap about myself. Okay. So I've really got to figure it's that out. interesting though, isn't it? Because you kind of, you follow people. Like oh, you're yeah. there and you're finding an individual. You're clicking follow. I make a conscious build, decision. You're building that environment. Oh, right. So I unbuilt it. Okay. Well, you so tore it right down. I like, all right, I'm right, following you. Tore, yeah, 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 I tore it right there. down. I was like, you know what? I sat for one afternoon in my flat and was like, I'm just going to make a conscious effort to unfollow all these people that oh, absolutely like that. do nice. not feed. I like that. Yeah, they just don't feed me. And then over time, I started being like, oh, she's interesting, I'll follow her. Oh, he's yeah. a great photographer, I'll follow mm. him. Oh, she does that, I'll follow her. And made an, now my Instagram is a completely different Instagram to what it was, I'd say, three or four years ago. Is it now quite fulfilling to scroll through? Oh, everybody? yeah. you like, oh, okay, Because yeah, I'm passionate great. about what other people are doing. Right, yeah. Because the, we share the same passions. It's so interesting when you're working in a company, just because you work for the same umbrella company doesn't mean you share the same passions or the same interests. Yeah, of course. Now I, you know, go on my Instagram and I'll see my girl I know that even if I don't know, I'm like, you go girl, like, good for you. (laughs) Even if I don't know her. Because I'm like, I vouch for you because I'm inspired by you. And if you are not inspired by your social media, which let's not all lie, we're on it 24-7, then... It's not a good, it's a negative space. And I refuse to be on something so much and feel so crap about myself. Mm. And do you, do you connect with those? Do you send the messages? Like, do yeah. you reach out? And... Yeah, all the time. I've made a lot of new friends through Instagram. And like now, obviously, not, <coughs> pardon me, 
not to say I'm famous by any means because I don't want to be famous, but a little bit more well known. It's really nice to see people reach out to me yeah. and mm. tell me what they think mm. and have their opinions on things and have a bit of a different dialogue yeah. to what I'm used to. So I find it so I find Instagram so much more fulfilling than I did, I guess, four or five years ago. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask you about that. Like, how have you had to adapt now that your following has grown? Is there anything you have to adapt? Like, you're watching the T's and the I's and sitting oh, yeah. a bit straighter and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh. or, are you just, or are you just still the same? Do you know what? I see the era of these people that are like, I'm still going to be who I want to be. I'm like, I'm definitely still me. Okay. But it's still definitely a created version of me. I yeah, try yeah, every yeah. so often to be like, but you know that little close friends thing? I freaking love close friends. Because <laughs> <laughs> even like, yes, it was a couple of days ago, I put up something about me like, you know, working really hard. And then like to my 20 close friends, I was like, I'm so tired. I'm about to soak my feet. I haven't slept in days. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> and my friends are like, and that's the real person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wouldn't, I don't want a negative space on my socials. I, I'm very, I talk a lot about mental health on my social media because I'm, huge advocate of you know figuring out your mental health and helping but I also think that I don't feel the need to share when I'm really low okay mm. unless it's low with a point to action mm -hmm. so I feel like this and this is what I'm going to do about it otherwise it's I just don't think I need to live online like that of course you know I'm just glad that a lot more people are talking about it yeah. especially in the creative community because yeah. we are under lots of pressure mm -hmm. deadlines mm -hmm. the need to be creative right. and then you see on the landscape now that you know it's out a little bit more and that is really kind of i think that's progress you know yeah. people are talking about it we're doing super uber cool stuff but then you know you can be drained you can be tired you can yeah. be depressed and it's to be honest about that you know like you have to be honest and say not every day is an up day and not every day is a down day but at the yeah, same yeah. time sometimes i don't want to share it mm. and that's also okay i don't ha i don't have to share yeah. i don't think people should feel like on social media that they have to share i don't have to share anything you I don't, don't want to share I, really I, just really, I just really don't yeah. and no yeah. one's going to tell me that I have to and I don't think that I don't think my following as small as it is is going to be like she's not being sincere yeah. so I just think it's up to me there is a fine line I mean people don't need to see what you have for your breakfast yeah. you don't need to see if you're crying all the time you know what I mean no. you can edit out little parts and still be authentic yeah I agree yeah totally yeah. It's, I mean it's interesting isn't it you kind of like I think I think the communication thing so you build these worlds like online mm. And there's that, is it all kind of glitzy and glamour? But you need to sort of give that 10% away and sort of let people know that, no, I'm having a down day. Yeah. I'm not, not feeling 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then it's that that talking to somebody that I think is something that is, needs to be practised right. more and more. Is right. Someone sending out questions and kind of you responding and then there's that. It's not just... So exactly, even with the documentary, you know, it's very well... And good for me to say, oh my goodness, I have a documentary on BBC Three, blah, 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 blah. It went to BBC One, it had this many numbers. At the same time, you know, that's a three-year journey. Mm, that's okay. That yeah. that was not an overnight, I'm not an overnight success. That was a lot of, I still can't pay rent. I'm going to have to have beans and toast tonight. I like need to go to this job that I said to myself I would never do again. You know, these are, it's a, it's a journey. Yeah. Mm. And I don't want anyone to ever look at my social platform or to look at my you know, the documentary and be like, wow, how did she do that? Because it wasn't, I didn't just do it. Mm. <laughs> I, I, yeah. It wasn't just done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, lot, a lot went into that. <laughs> Here's one I made earlier. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? It wasn't that easy. And still now, like I might be one documentary down, fingers crossed quite a few more to come. But at the same time, I'm still like, right, how am I going to pay rent next month? 
Yeah. yeah this is yeah. like this is real life. This is not. I choose to be creative, but I choose to sacrifice. Sure. To do that again, I think it's a great point. Like you know, we only see the work. Right. We only see the end product of yeah. what we create. Everybody, right. all around the social yeah, media, yeah. social sphere. You don't see the okay. It's beans again because I'm trying to do this. You right. know. Right. Oh man, I love it. Yeah, that's the hard parts. What were some of your experiences when you were making a documentary over the three years? Oh gosh, before I even made it. Yeah. I had never been in TV. I have no idea how the TV world works. I never uh, realized how male dominated it was. Mm. I never really. All I knew is I wanted to do something, and I just didn't really know how. But I've always been the kind of person that's like, "Well, you got to figure it out." And this is the thing, I think even when people now say, like, how did you do that? Like, I want to know how you did it. I want to do that. And I'm like, well, no one told me how to do it. I just figured it out. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I researched every documentary person I could think of. I watched how they did it. I read about their journeys. I watched how they interview or how they do things or why I wouldn't do things. I actually took a lot more from watching things and saying, I would want to make sure I don't do yeah, that. Or yeah, that's not for me rather than being, I think it's, that I find more valuable than saying I love what that person does because I shouldn't emulate what that person does. What they do is great because they do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've yeah. got a different way of doing things. But what I can take away from it is being like, oh, well, this doesn't quite sit with me. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. not sure I would want to say that or do that behavior. But it was hard. I had to. I didn't have any support. I didn't have anyone to ask. I didn't have anyone to turn to and be like, how do you do this? How do you do that? I was knocking on doors and sending emails and trying to get information and no one was forthcoming about it. But eventually what changed in that three, two to three year period was that once I started talking about my intention, mm. you'd be surprised about how much it comes back to you Yeah. in terms of just saying, oh, well, maybe this is, if I talk about it, someone might be able to help. Because originally I used to think, oh my God, this is my baby. I shouldn't tell anyone. Someone's going to steal my idea. <laughs> and that's how creatives are, right? Yeah, You're yeah. like, oh, it's mine. It's mine. I shouldn't tell anyone. Don't tell. Guilty. Right. Guilty over Don't here. tell anyone yeah. your idea. Yeah, yeah. If you don't tell someone your idea, you're not going to be able to make the idea. Because yeah. you need people to make ideas. No yeah. creative is a creative alone. You need people to make ideas. You need to be a community. So eventually when I was like, I need to release some of this like tight that I have on this idea, it just came so much faster. Okay. It so all happened so much when you faster. Put it out, like, yeah, when you put it out into the world, it yeah. comes back to you. It attracts people who can help you do what you need to do. So definitely that's probably the biggest thing I learned from it. Was there anything you learned about yourself from the process? Because, I mean, the documentary is quite a personal one anyway. Right. But yeah. actually making the documentary, was there anything you learned that you that you kind of discovered from this new medium? Um, I probably realised how patient I am. Okay. I didn't realise that I was patient. <laughs> I know I'm patient, but like I was very like, keep it chill. Yeah, like don't really get, patient. Don't, don't get annoyed. <laughs> don't say anything. Don't like just that email's gonna come. Oh, it's been a month. It's still gonna come in another month. Like it will, until now, I'm like, oh, it's gonna that email's gonna come tomorrow. I've been waiting for the email for about three months. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gonna come tomorrow, yeah, though, yeah. isn't it? It's sure, it's gonna come tomorrow. Put it in the atmosphere. Yeah, it's That's gonna it. come. Um, I think yeah, patience was a huge part of it, um, and I learned how strong I was. Mm. This documentary was very much a, it was a very, very personal journey. So I had to, I had to make sure that I had as much involvement in it as possible to protect my family, to protect my friends, to protect myself. And being able to stay and stand in a room and be like, I don't want this in it, or I do want this, or I don't want that, or that's not how I would tell the story, or that's not the kind of person that I want to work with. It's staying true to who I 
was and knowing what I did and didn't want. Mm. And had I have not gone on a little journey of figuring out who I was, yeah. I probably wouldn't have had that strength. So even now looking back at the time, I was like, oh, I want to do this tomorrow. I needed the three years. Yeah, I needed that growth period. I needed the time to understand myself in this new world. So I definitely think that I was a very different person pre-doc and then three four years ago, as we all are in our 20s, when you evolve and you grow. But I definitely think that I have a lot more strength than I gave myself credit for. So, yeah. That's a good, I mean, that's a great thing to learn, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Um, Is there any advice you want to give to others who have an itch to have multiple creative outlets? So, like, as you said, you're a writer, writer, (laughs) stylist, and documentary filmmaker. Is there anything that you would give advice to anybody else like okay it doesn't have to be one thing I think it's about you know I never think that you should do loads of things and do them so insincerely or so lightly Mm. I don't take on things unless I know I can 100% commit to them you know even now pardon me even now I'll have like little jobs with people and they'll be like oh can you work on this project with us or we want you to do this project and I do say I'm like I'm not the right person for this this person's better yeah. And it's knowing that as a creative, know yourself to know what skill you add to the project. If you feel like your skill isn't right for that project, step back, don't do the project. I think as a creative, we're very big on sort of take everything, take everything and make yeah, everything yeah, work yeah. and never say no. But I I say no because my skill set is exclusive to me. Yeah. Mm. No, so, I have this joke with Sam. I mean, you see some Twitter bios and it's just like, yeah, I'm a DJ. I DJ at the Palace once a month, a vegan chef, right. photographer, and a skate. And it's like... Watch you, out for my book. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And but, it's not... Unless... Whether I'm a filmmaker or a stylist or a writer, blah, 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 all these things, they all have to have strands of me, right? And they yeah, all have yeah. to sort of... That's sort of make sense. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to be a, a cook and then also... Not a cook, a chef. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Sorry. Um, we're going to be a chef and then you're going to be a DJ and then you're going to be this, you're going to be that. What? How are you going to make those all work to the maximum amount yeah. that they need to work? That mm. authenticity and you see it with people like yourself, that, that thread that runs through your right. work and it ties it together. It's not just a little, oh, I decided to do this when I right. woke up. Yeah. Right. And that's imp- that's what's important. You kind of have to, I've only started writing, I used to write for myself all the time, just journal writing, but I've only started writing quite recently. You know, documentary had, my first doc only came out like less than six months ago. And before that, I was styling for a solid, you know, eight to nine years. So yeah. I, I didn't have all these lif- different things I was doing up until this last year. Yeah. So I definitely don't think this being like one trick pony is necessarily a bad thing. I think if you can maximize and be epic at one thing, then do that. Yeah. Mm. Don't feel like you have to be a million things to be successful. You don't. Yeah. All the tech side of stuff. How are you managing that with making the documentary? And it's kind of pretty. Yeah, it's tricky because I'm kind of going in between doing two careers is very tricky, and they very yeah. much go side by side, but they're very, very different. I love styling, but I think that styling is a very, very draining job, and it's very physical. It's even on the way here, I made my two friends come and carry like bags and bags of returns to the post office <laughs> they were like just, what are we doing yeah. and I was like yeah sorry I have to go to the post office It's that's the crux of styling you're lifting suitcases you're running around the world you're emptying you're packing you're steaming you're returning it's not 
by any means glamorous, cool that you can say you were in a room with Solange Knowles for a few hours, but actually the crux of that is flying to New York, landing at 2 a.m., getting in the studio for 6 a.m., mm-hmm. being in the studio all day, then flying back straight away, and, you know, then getting all the clothes back straight away. It is grueling. Yeah, of course. Whereas I say documentary making is a lot more mentally grueling because mm. you know people want ideas so they're like okay you did this idea tell us what else you can do here i've got this idea tell us another one okay i've got this one tell us another one okay i've got this one and people constantly want more more, yeah, more. Yeah, more. Yeah. um but i have to say again because i took the journey and took the time i made sure before i even did this first documentary that i had a backlog of ideas yeah okay, okay. so bef- by the time the documentary had finished i could be like well here's 10 ideas Ready for the next one. Ready. ready. I'm just ready. Here. I don't yeah. have to sit after the door. I didn't sit and be like, I'm just going to do this one thing. I've always been the kind of person that thinks ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even before the documentary came out, I was like, so when are we making the next one? Are we, <laughs> when are we doing that? Got that email. Are we, are we doing that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were yeah. like, well, this is coming out in a couple of months. And I was like, yeah, but cool. But should we start? Yeah. Let's start this process. And they're like, slow down. <laughs> slow down. So yeah, I think always think ahead of yourself. And I think as a creative, if you want to do multiple things, think ahead of yourself. Mm-hmm. so that you can figure out how to manage your time, manage your finances, and manage the projects. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, like, uh, what other goals have you got as, as a creative? So you've got your, your writing, online social media, documentary making, styling. Yeah. <laughs> so you, keep, you keep, like, reeling them out like that. It gets a bit overwhelming. Um I'm so excited to present to do more documentaries. Yeah. I'm so excited. Like I just when I started filming and when it came out and the whole rush of it coming out and even up until now, I that's when I felt truly myself. Mm. That I watched Which that. I only that. yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. suddenly was like, huh. The next level. This <laughs> is me. Gotcha. This is what I was always meant to do, and I know I wasn't meant to do it ten years ago, but right now here. This is who I'm meant to be. Okay. And it was the first time, as much as I love styling, this was the first time that I'd done something and thought, this makes sense. When was that mm. moment? When did it hit you? Like, okay, this feels good. So a couple of times I'd say I was on a styling job in the Lake District and we had no signal whatsoever. Nice. And that was the day I was finding out if the documentary was commissioned. And I was like, oh my God, I'm on my phone and I've got no signal. And we have to figure this out. We had models <laughs> everywhere. We were like, traveling around this lake in the Lake District. And I was like, so stressed out. And we suddenly got signal and I got this email and it was just like, check your phone we've been trying to phone you we've officially been given the green light and i didn't no know way. anyone in the, i didn't know anyone in the team <laughs> and i was just like guys and they were like hi like it was a big van they were like are you all right back there and i was like i've just been commissioned they were like another job and i was like no this is a really big deal and you're all strangers and I was like this is so crap that i don't i need to phone my mom <laughs> like and literally it, that was Probably one of the best days of my life. Yeah. I remember we suddenly got signal before we were about to go on our long drive back. I phoned everyone I could think of in that like 10 minutes while the models were getting changed. I was like, phone, phone, phone. And I phoned everyone. And that was, it was just the best day. And ironically, I'd sat for weeks and weeks and weeks and waited for this email. And mm. I was just in my flat. I hadn't had any work. And the moment I get a job, and the moment it's like somewhere random and beautiful, but with absolutely no signal, 
was the moment I was going to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I was like, it's, it's, my at the time agent was like, you know what? Like, you'll find, you know, I'll let you know when I know. And I was like, no, like, I don't, who am I going to talk to? So I was stuck with these strangers for two days in a travel lodge in the lit district that I had no one to share with, which actually was so important. The universe was obviously like, you're going to, you need to have this moment by yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Mm. And I think Soak actually I needed to have that by myself and sort of have that recognition. So I think that definitely, and the day, uh, the night before it went up, because I, this sounds so silly, but I've been waiting, what, three, two to three years to write that Instagram caption. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I'd have this vision. I think sometimes. Safe in drafts. Yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> I'd literally sit some nights like over that time and be like, how would I introduce this? What would I write in my caption? Like, how would I write this caption? And I just, it was such a good feeling to write that caption yeah. and then just press post. Nice. That was one of the best feelings I've ever had. So that was, yeah, that was great. And then other than that, there have been little moments, you know, Reggie, it's, um, you know, hosted my screening, which was beautiful and just nice to watch it with basically friends and family. And then when it went on BBC One, um, I didn't think people watched BBC One at night, 10.45 at night, but apparently they do. Apparently that's prime time. (laughs) So it was like 1.2 million people. So as, as soon as it went on, my phone just like lit up really? and wow. you could just see like bing 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 and I was like oh this is people actually why are people in bed it's like a Wednesday <laughs> night and, you know so that was so good yeah the BBC one was pretty cool and then after that yeah it's been fun it's been hard uh, I'd say learning to manage people's sort of like feelings on things yeah. a lot mm. of people have a lot of feelings on the documentary what questions I imagine coming a out. lot of questions I still now get a lot of a lot of you know I used to live there and I felt like this and my father lives there and I haven't spoken to him in years and I want to do this and it's a lot of people management yeah. Yeah, I'd say yeah, yeah. which I didn't anticipate but it means that it worked yeah rewarding you know yeah if it resonated with people then I did a good then I you know, pat myself on the back. I did a good job and that's what I wanted. I always want to be like, I. that's why I never wanted to do documentaries until I was ready because I was like, if it's not impactful, then it, there's no point. Yeah, mm. Of course, yeah. Like I need to make sure that this means something to someone. So yeah. Oh, wicked. I mean, where can people see the majority of your work? Where is... All over the place. <laughs> Spreading the bets. Yeah, right? That's it. So yeah, my Instagram, I try and post as much as I can on things that I'm doing. Um... Like yesterday, I put up the Women for Women thing, which is I'm really excited about because I'm really excited to work with a charity and sort of push the agenda of diversity within charity as well. Yeah. I think that we should allow Africans to help Africa and that should be mm. the next new movement and I want to push that forward. So I'm excited about that. And then, yeah, did another podcast with Reggie and anything that I will probably be posting, it will probably be on my Instagram, which is Bessma Khalifa. I have a Facebook page, which I mean, Facebook, which is Bas McLeaf a stylist, but I think I pr- primarily do Instagram. I can't get on the Twitter wave. I feel like yes, I Twitter yeah, is yeah. so dangerous. <laughs> so you say one line on that app and you're they're it's coming for forever. you. Yeah, and they're coming for you. It's <laughs> yeah. brutal. I just watch these like things and I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm weird. Like, is Twitter meant to be like you're talking to your friends? It's your thoughts? I think it's mm. your thoughts and was it 160 Con- characters, isn't it? It's 280 now, isn't it? 280 yeah, characters. Yeah, it's a conversation place, isn't it, or platform? Yeah, but it's, and it's so lawless. dangerous. It's lawless. Vicious. They you, will get you. Yeah, they will get you. They <laughs> yeah. will get come you. after That's you. That screenshot's real. Oh, yeah, I just can't. I, I'm so scared of it. 
So I'm like, hey, I'm doing this today. But I would never be like, you know, like the Love Island thing. Like everyone's like going after this. Ch- I don't watch it this year, but everyone's going after this like black chick. And even yesterday I was like, I'm going to watch this. Like what's everyone talking about? Yeah. And I have opinions, but God, keep some stuff to yourself. Yeah. Like, do you know, why does no one keep anything to themselves anymore? Have this conversation offline. No, no it's everything. My whole life here. Have yeah. Access it and that's what Twitter is, and oh, that's, that's how wild. people get in trouble. Mm. That's why I like Instagram. You just put up a picture, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you can re-edit it and yeah, you can yeah, rethink yeah. it. As long as Twitter is a non-editing tool, I will not use that platform. So funny. It's so scary. Funny. So yeah, I don't, I don't tweet. I mean, every so often, but like not really. Yeah. Mm. I'm too scared of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared of it. All right, and to round off all of our podcasts, we have yeah. the same three questions. Go on. All right, so they are. Moment, myth, and mention. So the moment is a moment you're proud of. A myth is a myth about creativity. And a mention is anybody you want to shout out. So um, the first one is a moment. Yeah. So I'd say my moment is all those ones I just mentioned, which was was probably the day I got that email. The Lake District. Yeah, the Lake District day. That's a pretty serene environment. Yeah. Yeah. It couldn't have been more perfect. (laughs) Yeah, that was was beyond... I just couldn't even understand what was happening. And even though I'd worked towards it, to actually get an email to say yes, mm. and it's all I've been waiting for for probably my whole career was someone to just say, yes, we believe in you. Yeah, so it takes a yes, isn't it? you got to do it. Mm. Yeah, so I definitely think, yeah, that was my moment. My myth about creativity is that you have to do it all. Yeah. Because you really don't. And you really don't have to say yes to everything. And you really don't have to feel like you need to match the person next to you that's doing more than you or doing whatever they're doing. I've never really compared myself to anyone. I've always sort of just created my own lane and I think that that will put you in good stead for the future. Yeah, very important, especially Mm. now you can see what everybody's up to all the time. Exactly. So important. So I just think the myth of having to compare and then also do too much is probably you don't, you just really don't. Don't overextend yourself because your work will suffer. Mm -hmm. And then what's the last one? Moment, uh, mention. Mention. Uh, good one. I mean, I probably for this one mention, I have a lovely agent, Lauren, who's amazing at Bosch Talent Group. And she, you know, I'd met so many agents and no one wanted to give me the time of day. No one wanted to listen to me. And everyone was like, until you have something, we can't help you, which is wild. Mm. Because how am I going to get something if you don't help me? Yeah. But she was the first person that was like, okay, you're close to commission. You're not commissioned yet, but I still believe in you. And I'll do this journey with you. So definitely Lauren. And then I'd probably say Reggie because... Shout out Reggie. Shout out Reggie, Reggie yeah. <laughs> yeah, Reggie Yates because it's just... He was someone that I always, always looked up to. I used to, you know, from really early on, I used to be like, I want to be the female version of Reggie Yates because he was the only black man on TV. Mm, yeah. And I used to be like, I want to be just like him. So then to WhatsApp Reggie Yates when I want to and be like, hey, how are you? (laughs) I'm still like, weird. When Reggie's like, hey, should we go for dinner? Should we catch up? I'm like, surely you have other things to do. (laughs) (laughs) But that is the beauty in getting further in life, right? He's, you know, now a friend, which to me is wild when I used to look up to him, Mm. but I can consider someone I look up to a friend. So yeah, those two people probably. 
I mean, Basma, thank you so much for joining us. No this problem. was a great chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great. I really like what you guys are doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All thank right, you. I just want to shout out quickly before we go, Emma Griffiths, who... Yeah, yeah. Did the initial... She contacted me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, you <laughs> right? Twitter shout out. Thank you so much. Yeah. And yeah, thanks. See you later. Yeah. Bye. And if you want to get in contact with us, you have any questions or comments... You can reach us at the tab at lsbstudios.co.uk. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Music was created by Amplifeed and our sound engineering by Ryan White. Thanks for listening. <laughs>